All right. Well, good morning, Identity Church. I am so appreciative for you guys showing up this morning. I know that this week has been the the New Year's week coming back to work. Everybody is is probably just, you know, ripping and roaring and ready to go, right? I know I had a hard time getting back into my week. Do you know that that we need to understand that God has a plan and a purpose for our life? We had a very sweet anointing this morning. We we kind of just let God just if if you received, if you sat there and let the Lord did, I hope he showed you something. Because God himself wants to show you something every day. God's not far away. He's right here. And you know, one of the ways that, that we do this, that we get in the presence of God on a daily basis, is we have to put on something. Right? We started talking about this last week on New Year's Day, which, by the way, it was really hard getting up and coming out here and preaching on putting on the full armor of God last week. But you know that putting on the full armor of God means that I, every single day, understand a couple of things about myself in Christ. You know that I think a lot of people don't understand who they are in Christ Jesus. And I think Paul was very just apt to try to paint a picture for people. So, you know, I could probably take this and put it into today's context because we don't have, you know, soldiers walking around with, you know, headgear and chest plates and all this other stuff. I could probably go take a line worker. You know, I work for the power company. I could probably show you a hard hat, you know, the hard hat of salvation. How, how would that be, you know? Or, you know, I'm putting on the, the, uh, the, the vest of, you know, righteousness, you know, in every single way, we need to take everything that's in the word and say to myself, what is the context? What are the things that God is trying to show me here? Do you know that the full armor of God, when we start looking at how we put it on every single day, it's a reminder. It's a reminder of who we are. It's a reminder of what Jesus did. Do you know that we can sit around and go, yeah, I got saved and, well, one of these days I'm going to die and I'm going to go to heaven. Okay. Well, you're probably going to live a pretty defeated life. You know, and I look at people, you know, the world is great at making money. You know, um, you know I've, I've had a lot of people, they, they attack people who are prosperity preachers. Where did my water go? Um, they attack prosperity preachers. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying that prosperity preachers are right, but I look at it like this, that prosperity is in the midst of whatever you do. So, yes, I say this all the time. If, if, God, if you see a big box and it's got money in it and it says God in your backyard, it's probably counterfeit because God did not make that money. God made the resources. He made the opportunities. God has something for you, and in the midst of that, you have prosperity. You know that that is one of the things that we need to understand is that in Him, we need to understand what He wants to do in us. 
So last week we were talking about the, the whole armor of God, and we were talking about putting on the and protecting our loins with truth. And that was your seed producer. You want to have truth in the seed that you plant. Do you know that in every single way, in every single thing in your life, you're planting seed? You're either planting good seeds or you're planting bad seeds. How many people know that you'd be really upset if I told you I gave you some seeds and I, I gave it to you and I said, these are apple seeds. But then you were like, oh, what type of apple? And I go, oh, it's uh, Honeycrisp or it's whatever. And you go, oh, I love Honeycrisp. I love Honeycrisp. Y'all probably don't. But you go and you plant it in the ground and all of a sudden it's crab apples. Go make an apple pie with that, guys. Okay. You will probably sit back and go, that was a false seed. Well, See, we have to gird our loins with truth because a lie will come along and it will, it will also produce in your life as well. Do you know that in every single thing that you do in your life, you're planting seed? The words you're using, the way that you go out and you interact in your job. Man, you know, well, I, I hear young people all the time say, well... You know, this is just a job. Well, what if you went out and that job became the career? Because that's what I'm starting to see. Is that people go out here and they go get a a job, make a minimum wage or a little better. And then they never move past that. Well, you know what? If that's the way, if that's where you're going to be in 20 years, then you better do really good at it in order to make more money. Because if not, you'll just go around from the same type of job to the same type of job to the same type of job. And every time you go there, you'll take the same crappy attitude, the same crappy attitude. And that will be what will be produced in your life. Crappy attitude makes crappy life. Do you know that when I produce truth in my life, I'm going to see truth prevail in my life. Amen. Can I get an amen? You ain't going to get a lie out there and it's going, to make you, it's going to make you happy. You know, if anybody thinks that lies make you happy, go tell one and try to figure out how to keep it up. You ain't going to be very happy about it because you got to keep continuing the lie. You know that in every single thing in your life, you have to understand that truth brings you to peace. Truth brings you to the place that you're supposed to be at. Truth is what you want to produce. What words are you using? What things are you doing in your job and in your life? There's people that's got visions and dreams in here that want to go beyond where their station is. Well, you know what? Let's start putting some truth with it. Amen? Amen. And the only way that we do this is we understand our righteousness. Our righteousness is everything. If you don't understand your righteousness, then you will run around chasing God and not chasing what God has for you. How many people, I know you can, you've probably known some folks, right? That you say, you know what? These people, they just chased God. Well, I hope I get to heaven. I hope I do this. 
And they never understood what God had for their life. They never understood where they were supposed to go. How many people have known people like that? I've known plenty of people. And you know what? In every single circumstance, in every single way, they would completely and totally bomb this one question. Do you believe that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? If you say, I've accepted Jesus, but I'm still trying to find my righteousness. You failed. You know why? Because righteousness is not what you do, it's what you are. I'm going to say it again, guys. I felt there was a little bit of like, huh, what? Let me, let me hear that again for the back row, okay? Righteousness is not what you do. Righteousness is who you are. See, we need to understand that our righteousness is to protect our standing. In fact, last week I read this. I'm just going to start with verse 13 here of Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 13 says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. That means that like a wave is hitting you. You're able to stand through it when the wave hits you. How many people has been in the ocean and you go stand out there and the water hits you and you're like, huh, and it takes you back. Well, you know, water's very powerful. Well, you know what? Evil's pretty powerful if you let it have hold on you. Evil's pretty powerful if you let it have hold on you. So when you go withstand something, that means I'm giving my best effort. I'm leaning in because I'm not going to let it overtake me. See, withstanding something means that I'm not overtaken. How many people know that being overtaken is something that once it happens, it's hard to get your feet back? I remember when I was a, I remember when I was a kid and, uh, my uncle Roger took me to this little lake and I don't know why there was a bunch of, there was a bunch of, uh, and I, I remember this vividly because it was so impactful, but we're out there and we're swimming. And I'm probably like four years old, three years old, whatever. And there's a bunch of boats out there and they, they're coming up and down through there. They're making all these waves. It knocks me over and I go to try to get up and another wave knocks me over and it just kept happening. Well, I'm four years old, three years old, whatever it is. Well, Roger just walks over there and grabs me and pulls me up. Well, do you know that some people are able to withstand things that other people can't? You know why? Because they know how. I was, I was just a kid. I just stood up and the thing knocked me over. Well, Roger, he stood up, got his feet wide and reached down and he was like, hey, I, I can take on these waves. Do you know that in, in every instance in our life when we withstand something, it gives us the ability to take that second step and move forward. You know, have you ever been out there, the waves are kicking at you and you go, then you get over that wave and you keep moving forward and you get out there to the sandbar. Oh, well, it was chest high right then. Well, then now when I get to the sandbar, it's like knee high. Well, I can stand all day long. The waves are only this high. 
Do you know that we keep pushing through until the waves get smaller? We need to withstand the enemy. We need to withstand that evil day. And it says, having done all, stand. It means when you can't withstand it, you just stand. If I can't take a step, I'm just going to stand. In verse 14, it says, stand, therefore, having gird your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, I want you to understand that I've girded my loins. I'm now speaking truth. But now I'm having to put on something that is that is a, a covering. I have to cover myself with righteousness. And why is that? See, in this full armor of God, this dude right here, he's probably bad to the bone back then. He was like the, the Navy SEAL of the, of the Roman world. Out there just, you know, could kill anybody. And see, whenever we understand that from head to toe we're covered in something, then we walk in that thing. Ephesians 6, 14, it says, Therefore stand, having your loins girded with truth, and having on the breastplate. This word breastplate really just means thorax. It means from neck to navel. It's where the heart of a man is. Now, how many people have heard me teach on your belief system is your heart? Whenever the Bible talks about your heart, unless it talks about it quit beating and he died, or if, if it's like that, if it's talking about your heart has been, has been lied to or your heart has been overtaken or your heart um, you know, believes, then that means it is a system within your spiritual realm. It's a spiritual idealism of where our belief system is. And see, what we're doing when we put on these things is that we're covering things like our heart. Because it says here, and having on the breastplate, the, the heart of, where the heart of man is, the covering of the chest of righteousness. And this word it, it, in the Greek means to be justified a condition of being acceptable to God. We have to put on a breastplate, a, a covering, a protection that says, I have right standing with God. Now, you may be going, well, Dusty, how do we know we got right standing with God? Well, I'm going to tell you some scriptures. See, if you, ever, if you ever listen to me teach, I'm going to actually use scriptures to explain scriptures because I don't go and try to explain anything with the world. Are y'all hot out here? Anybody hot? No, I've got one. Okay, sorry. I, I'm hot too, but I, that, that's a different thing. I've got some padding, okay? Um, but so the righteousness has to do with justification. Now, let me ask you a question. When people talk about justification, well, we've got to get into some justification, guys. We've got to become justified. Well, I want to use this word in the way that it means in the Greek. Just if I had never sinned. It's a reconciliation. 
It means that when when I am justified in something, it means it's like an accounting. I become reconciled. I become justified. It's just as if I had not sinned. That means God sees me as if I had not sinned. Now, I'm going to I'm going to ask a question. How many people have kids in here? There's a few of you, right? Okay, let me ask you a question. Has has your kids sinned before? Anybody got perfect kids out here? (laughs) Caleb. He's close, okay? But if I say... Do you see your sons and your daughters as sinners? Okay, now let me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this, I'm going to get real deep. Y'all have, I'm just going to explain it. You don't have to say yes, no, raise your hand or anything. How many people have kids that are not saved? You don't know if they're saved, if they've had issues. You still don't see them as sinners. Do you know why? Your mama and your daddy. You know what God did here? He justified us in the family. He came back just like mama and daddy and said, yeah, you might have sinned, but I don't see you as a sinner because I brought you into the family. I see you as my son. I see you as my daughter. It's just if you hadn't sinned. Justification has to do with what Jesus did in us when we signed away our old lives to the world and we signed our lives into the kingdom of God. There should be some amens right there. See, justification has to do with where you're at in the Father's eyes. It doesn't make you perfect. It makes you part of the family. And as a part of the family, Daddy goes, Well, I've already got somebody that's paid for your sin. You're a part of the family now. How many people that makes them understand I'm protected? Oh, wait a minute now. That makes a lot more sense when I put on the breastplate of righteousness. That means that my heart of belief is now covered. means I can stand up and go, I can stick my chest out. I'm trying to get the, the belly to go in and the chest to go... And I stick it out and I go, <clears throat> yeah, I'm a son of God. Everybody do that. Right? I'm a son or daughter of God. All right. Do you know that why that's important is because if you doubt that your righteousness has been paid for, then you will not live in the kingdom as a child. You always be on the fringes going, oh, I messed up, God. Oh, I messed up, God. Oh, I didn't do the right thing, God. Oh, I didn't. And he's going, man, how many times has Jesus got to die on that cross for you? You know, that, that's the thing that, that really revolutionized my idea about my salvation is that the moment that, that I started realizing That Jesus ain't going back to the cross for you. Guess what happens? You start going, I'm going to believe in what he did before. How many people want to to continue on in Jesus and not have to worry about 
the, the milk of the word. This is one way we do it. I'm sorry. Uh, just to explain to everybody, I'm having to drink a lot. I had COVID like two and a half weeks ago. <clears throat> I don't have it anymore, but I'm dry. Right There's a dry spot right in the back of my throat, and it just makes me go, ah. So I have to stop a lot. You are righteous if you are in Jesus. Now, 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he, made, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be the righteousness of God in Him. Now I'm going to let Scripture explain Scripture here. Because you can take that and you correlate it to Romans 3, 21. And it says, but now the righteousness of God is apart from the law. Okay, little l here. When you see little l in here when it talks about the law, it's talking about all the things that you had to do. It's the laundry list of, of things that I had to do in order to be righteous. Right? We're not talking about the law, which was a part of that, but there's even laws that we create for ourselves today. You can use little law in, in your own life. I, I mean, some of these kind of sound kind of weird, but you know, I used to every single day I would confess my sins before I went to bed, and I would confess my sins bef before I got into my work day. Okay? And, you know, I would sit there and I would go, did I get them all? Now, I want to tell you, saying, Father, I'm sorry, that's a good thing. Saying, Father, I've got to remember every sin and I've got to get it under the blood of Jesus. Well, guess what? He put it on the mercy seat one time. One time, guys. I mean, the mercy seat is the mercy seat. You got mercy. He put his blood over it and he said, I have covered your sins. Now, this is where this is where we have to get back to the word because the word tells us what we should be looking at here. And it says, but now the righteousness of God is apart from the law. The things that we had to do before Jesus made us righteous is revealed being witnessed by the law. So this is the big L, the law of Moses. So you've got the law of Moses, which was for the Israelites. You had the Levitical law, which was for the Levites to keep the people in check for the law of Moses. So they had multiple different types of laws. There were things that the priests had to do that the rest of Israel didn't have to do. It was just true. They had to live under a separate set of laws in order to be in right standing. You know, one of the things that most people don't understand is, is that when a priest went into the temple where the Holy of Holies was, back when God actually lived in the box, right? You know, Israel carried around God in a box for, for a lot of time. You know that they would go in there, you would have the, You'd have the, the covering that would separate the inner and the outer courts. And the priest would tie a rope and there would be bells all around his cloak. And he would be dancing and singing and, and doing his ritual. If he ever stopped, that meant he was dead. And you know what the rope was for? To pull the dead body out. You know why? 
because he wasn't righteous. He did not follow the Levitical law to clean himself. Think about that. Think about if you were called to be a, like, you know, God called me to be a pastor. I'm up here on stage. And if I felt like, okay, well, I've, I have this law that's separate from y'all. And every time I walked up on the stage, it was like, well, am I going to die today? See, that was, that, was the, that was the penance, if you will, that they had to pay in order to have the presence of God. But see, God came back for the rest of the world, not just Israel, which he did this for Israel as well. And he put Jesus and he said, I'm going to take myself out of the box and I'm going to put myself in each and every one of you. Now we all become the holy of holies. Woo! I want to tell you something. You, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, are a holy of holy. You are a temple. Oh my gosh, guys. Come on. Come on. There's a lot of you that's walking around going, Ah, oh, I can't be a temple. Well, you know what? I don't care what you look like on the outside or what you said last night. If you got Jesus in your heart, then you got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And if you got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you're a walking holy of holies. You know what? I, w I wanted it to be a little bit better than this, okay? I wanted you to go, yes! Hallelujah! I'm walking around with the presence of God on the inside of me. That means if I have the presence of God on the inside of me, that means that I am the righteousness of God. It means I'm in right standing. It's, I'm justified just as if I'd never sinned. And it says here, and it says, being witnessed by the law, of, uh, by the law and the prophets, verse 22 says, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believes for there is no difference. There's no difference. There was no difference between the Jews and there was no difference between the Gentiles. The law didn't make them any different. Nobody's different. You don't look at me and say, well, Dusty's different. No, I'm the same. And it says right here, for there is no difference for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. There you go, the redemption. You just got reconciled. It was paid in full. You put the full armor of God on. You walk around every single day and you go, I'm the son of the living God. I remember I was teaching. I'd gotten this revelation that I was wall to wall Holy Ghost on the inside of me that, that when 2 Corinthians 5.17 exploded, I use it all the time, but it says that I've become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Behold, all the old stuff had passed away and now I've become new. He took my old dead spirit and he put Jesus in there. He put the Holy Spirit in there. Now I have a connection back to God. That's what happened to you. That's why you become the Holy of Holies. That's why you got the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I was standing on a stage in Jacksonville, Alabama, and I'm out there and I'm preaching it. And all of a sudden I just go, I am one third God on the inside of me. And Heather goes, that's not going to go over. You know what? I quit worrying about what people thought. 
it took Heather a long time for her to go, I, okay, I'm not, I got the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. I'm one-third God on the inside of me. I have that righteousness. You know, sometimes we just need to have some burning time. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, I've got a mechanic in the back, Al Cost. I'm pretty sure if I told him, hey, Al, go get me a brand new motor. You go put it in my, my Dodge Durango, but I want to run it up and down the road. The moment you get it put in and hooked in and all the things are there, I want to do 100 miles an hour down the road. You're probably going to go, eh, let's drive it a little bit. Let's burn it in a little bit, okay? Let, let's get this thing, uh, you know, Let's maybe put a couple, you know, a couple oil changes before you go and start burning the tires off of it. Do you know that the reason why we need sometimes to go, I hear what you're saying, Dusty, but I'm not really sure that I, I fully let that burn in. It's because you hear me go, put the gas down and burn the tires off of it. And I'm telling you, let's listen to it. Let's dwell on it. Let's talk about it. Let's think through it. And you know what? Eventually what's going to happen is is that you will just go, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. I am justified. And you know what? You start doing that. Woo. Wow. Things start seeming a lot. Eh. My circumstances don't seem as big. My, my life doesn't seem to have as many problems. Does that mean the problems went away? No. It's just you're like, if they kill me, I go to heaven. <laughs> How many people know if you die, you go to heaven? Okay. So if I lose, I win. If I lose, I win. I mean, this is the thing. I got COVID a couple weeks ago. I was telling everybody that, you know, uh, last week, I, you know, I had to say Merry Christmas from afar. But I was, I was there and I went to go get some food and some supplies and some different things. And I was just going to go pick it up, right? And so I turn on the radio and the first thing that came on was COVID is up. Hospitalizations are higher than they've been in months. And you go, first thing that wants to hit you is, oh my God, am I going to have to go to the hospital? Well, guess what? That's, that's, not, that's not what the truth was. Now, there's people that's going to the hospital. But the truth is, is that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Well, what if you did go to the hospital? Well, you know, I'm believing God for my healing. I was standing in faith. I was doing all that. Well, you know what? What if it works? What if it works? I didn't have a bad COVID experience other than the fact I couldn't see my family in this dry spot right in the back of my throat. I don't know what that is, but anyway. But other than that, you know, if I, if I, I have a friend of mine when COVID first come out, I actually sing, This Is Who I Am. It's a song that, that Mike Julian wrote. The man got COVID in the first month or two, that, or first couple months that COVID was out, and he died. Well, you know what? Everybody was like, well, man, I just, 
I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. Well, guess what? Mike Julian's in heaven. When he lost, he won. He's better off than us, by the way. I just want to let you know. Mike Julian is better off than you. I don't care what money you got, what family situation you got, whatever. Mike's better than you. Straight up. I don't give a, I don't give a flying rip if you have Elon Musk's money and you've got the, you know, you're, you're the greatest health nut on the planet. Mike's winning. You know that that's one of the reasons why the righteousness of God is so important. Is because, you know, the devil's out there trying to kill, steal, and destroy. Still kill and destroy. And when he does, we get all upset. Well, Lord, what did you do? Well, it wasn't God. The devil kills, steals, and destroys. See, that's what I want you to understand is that if you don't understand who is killing, stealing, and destroying, you turn it right back around to God. We were talking about the sovereignty of God. We were talking about the you know, uh, predestination. We were talking about all these things. And it's worked its way into all types of denominationalism, not just Presbyterian, but you can find it in every denomination where people go, where people will say, well, God must have done this for a reason. How many people... God must have done this for a reason. And you're going, where'd the devil go? I'm trying to figure out if God's doing everything and the devil's doing nothing, then what do we got? He's my God. I don't want you sitting there and throwing darts at my God. He's my God. Quit talking bad about my God. I'm telling you right now that God is not killing people. You can walk out of this place. I don't care. I'll shut the doors down. But I'm not going to sit here and let people say, well, you know, God did that for a reason. God didn't do this. See, that's where Calvinism has worked its way into everybody's belief system is that it comes down to God ends up being evil. I'm tired of it. I am sick of it. And I will not allow it to be said in front of me. I understand why people do it because they want a purpose that's greater than themselves to say, well, why did this thing happen? Well, God must be doing something. Well, you know what? There's a devil. If you believe in God, then you better believe in the devil because it's all in the Bible. But I don't want you sitting around in front of me telling me that God is trying to kill off people. By the way, the devil's not the one that made COVID. We made it. Man. Do you know that that most of the junk that we do, in fact, all of the sicknesses that come out of Asia, which is like 85% of the things that we have in America that make us sick. They all come out of Asia. And it's from stuff like, hey, somebody decided they were going to eat a bat and that bat had, you know, it was raw and they did this thing. And they find that there are these communicable diseases that people just should not be going and doing. 
We know to do the right thing. We don't do it. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty simple, guys. If you go to an open-air market and there's meat just laying there and it's been there for three days, you don't eat it. Okay? I don't care if you cook it. You know, I just want everybody to understand where God is and where the devil is. And I don't want you to be on the devil's side going, look at what God did. Because that's what the world's doing. The world's coming back and going... Look at what God's doing. You know, atheists walk around all the time and they make fun of Christianity because they go and say, well, if you believe that God is sovereign and He is the most mighty, then we're, and you're just His puppet. Well, if, if that's the case, if you truly believe that God is the puppet master, then He's got me up here telling you this. Okay? Because if God was really telling everybody to do this, we wouldn't have different doctrines and denominations and, and thought processes and people, you know, just spewing at the mouth of just crap. We would live, everybody would be marching along. See, that's not what, we don't live as robots. We're not juicy robots. That's what I was, I was talking to a guy and he was like, well, do you believe in, Object more, more um, like morality or subjective. And I was like, everybody knows murder is wrong. And I was like, but they didn't know that. They didn't know that in the Viking days. Go, go back. You know, everybody loves to go watch all the pirate and the Viking movies and everything. But then they'll turn right around. They'll go, well, you know, Humans were all good. We're all good. No, you go take somebody out there and you give them ultimate power, they're going to use ultimate power. The only thing that stops humans from doing something is this little thing called the law. We got them out here. I'm pretty sure me and Al would be doing 400 miles an hour down the road if we could. If there was no law, be like, I'd be coming in sideways in this place every single time. You know, the, the, the understanding that we have to have is that evil and good, they're, they're objective. That means that God created what good was. And God told us what evil is. And we have to, we have to abide by those things. So don't go around saying evil's good and good is evil because it's not true. And I'm going I'm to give you this last one right here, and then I'm going to close this out. Then we'll go eat some salad. Oh, boy. Salad. I've had more non-carby things for the last few days. It's, I lost 12 pounds over a week. That's, that just lets you know how much carbs I was taking in. It was a good time before the new year. I'll just tell you straight up. Your heart is where you believe. In fact, Romans 10, 9, 10, I love to use this as, the, as, a, as a definition, really, because it says that if you confess with your mouth that the, that the Lord Jesus, uh, I'm sorry, that if you confess with your mouth uh, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes. See, that's important. 
It's not with the mind one believes. Because I, ch- I change my mind all the time. Do you know that I'll be sitting there and all of a sudden my circumstances will hit me and I'll go, oh my gosh, well, I was wrong. And guess what? My belief system has to be strong enough to kick in and go, nope. Just because something happened doesn't mean that you give up. With the heart, our core belief system, we believe. And it says we believe unto righteousness. That means we believe unto our right standingness with God. So our heart has to be established. It has to be just anchored in the fact in our heart, not our head. Man, I can have people come along and they'll give you some sort of mumbo jumbo and they can line things up and they're great at talking. And you're just like, man, how did you, I mean, you're completely refuting everything that, that I believe. And you know what? The first thing that you want to react to is go, I guess I'm wrong. But do you know that when you have a heart that is rooted and anchored in your belief system, that you'll be sitting there and you listen to it and you go, well, that's a pretty good argument. But the word says this. Because I have established myself in the belief in his word. And see, the world can come along and give you, you know, that we're all apes. The world can come along and go, oh, this planet's, you know, four billion years old. And you sit there and go, eh. You know, I really don't care. You know, that was, I, I was talking to a guy one time and, and he goes, well, do you not believe in the Big Bang? Do you not believe in this? Do you not believe in that? And I go, not really. And he goes, well, why? He goes, there's, there's evidence. And I said, I've looked at all the evidence. It really is like somebody said, I think this is a good idea. Let's start talking about it. And you go and you have a conversation about it and a bunch of people go, I like that. Evolution, all of it. It all comes down to some guy was sitting around. This is kind of like sitting around a a bonfire and people have been smoking a joint or they've been taking like hallucinogenics. This is what happened really is that you have all these people and they're out there and they're, they're on drugs. They're, they're doing this, man, let me tell you what I think the universe is. This is, this is what we got. The scientists that we have that's out there doing this, they were the hippies from the sixties trying to tell us what things are. Okay. And see, when they come back, they don't give you objective facts. They just give you what all their friends sat around and was drinking a beer or token and saying, man, that was really good idea right there. I think we need to put it in a book. And that's what we have today. We don't have evidence. What we have is an idea. It's called a theory. Now they're even wanting to change what theory means. But if you can't question science, it ain't science. And this is what I want you to understand is that when we believe something and we have a heart of belief and we're covering that heart of belief, then guess what happens? It means that when Satan comes along and tries to tell you a lie because he's the lying, thieving, good for nothing And he comes up to you and he tries to tell you a lie. 
You just tick, 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 tick. Hey, oh, heart, tell me what I believe. Oh, yeah. That's a lie. You got no proof. You know, I love it when people say, well, yeah, there's proof, there's proof, there's proof. You know, in life, we live less than 100 years, most people. Most people, if they live more than 100 years, they ain't got a mind to be able to think anyway after a certain amount of time. So just, just you know, throw all that away. But by the time you become like, you know, a certain age, you're like sitting there going, I've thought through everything. I've heard all of the, 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 the junk. I've heard all of the, the things. And what you have to understand is that objective truths always come from objective understanding of your right standing in Christ. If you don't believe that, then go and find people who, who they don't believe anything. Well, they do believe something. I mean, all this stuff, atheism is really just a religion. But when we start saying, hey, I'm confessing with my mouth, Because it says here in verse 10, for the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. See, what we have with salvation is the moment that we confess Jesus is Lord, then we get saved. But the moment that we start confessing his word, we get soteria, salvation. And see, salvation has a couple of different areas. If you go look up this word soteria in the Greek, it means to rescue or save. It means safety or to be delivered. It also means health. Do you know that means that every time I confess my healing, that's part of salvation. Every time I need safety or security, I'm confessing that. See, my heart needs to believe it before it will happen. Because I need my heart to happen before I get my shield of faith. And we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. But I need, before I get the shield of faith and before I start walking into battle, I need to establish my heart to understand why I'm fighting. Why am I fighting? What is the thing that God has for me? It says in Ephesians 4, 17, it says... This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Whatever we dwell on in our mind will change our heart. It will change our belief system. If you say, I will never have health, I will never be healthy, I will never be able to do, uh, you know, whatever it is then guess what? You will never do whatever is in your heart. I'm just telling you, if you believe it, then it's going to stop you or it's going to carry you through. There's no other way. So you have to be the one that says, I confess daily. I am health. I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like scrubbing all the junk off of my face and uh, I'm getting up in the morning and I look at myself and I go, ah, and then I go, you are health. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 
I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. My God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The peace of God, passive all understanding, is in my heart and in my mind. Because I believe it, and then I think it, and then I say it. Amen. And it says, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that was in them, because of the blindness of their heart. It means that their heart didn't believe it, didn't see it. And it says, who being past feeling means that that something happened in my past that I got this bad feeling about. How many people's had bad stuff happen to them in the past? Can I get double hands up? Because I know everybody's going to go, oh, I, I can tell you stories for days. Well, you know what? This is the past feeling that comes along and it tries to darken your heart. Because when your heart gets darkened, you go, I can't move any further because my past feelings are stopping me. And it says, having given themselves over to lewdness and to working all uncleanliness with greediness. Do you know that when I, you know, when I allow my heart to be darkened, it means I don't see anything. You can go ahead, Matt. You know, I don't see the things that God wants for me. I see the things that happen to me. I see the things that happen to me. I see the things that could happen to me based upon what happened to me. And that becomes more real than what God's word says. You know that one of the ways that we change this is we confess with our mouth. We've got to have confession in our mouth. Now you may be going, well, how's that look, Dusty? I'll give you a couple. It's like, you know what, Lord, my knee has been hurting. And I just thank you, Father, I'm going to be able to, I'm going to, be able to walk miles without my knee hurting in Jesus' name. I, I thank you, Father, that there's no more swelling in my knee. I get up every day and I say that. And by the way, the Holy Spirit told me back months ago, quit eating sugar, it'll help. Okay, well, guess what? This week, this has been a whole lot better. I haven't been going, every time I get up, uh, I gotta stretch. Do you know that stretching is good? Sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, hey, we need to, we need to stretch out before we go run a mile. Let's get, let's get back to understanding what God has for us and let's talk about it. You know why? Because you're convincing your heart. You're building a firm foundation in your belief system. Whenever you confess with your mouth, that means that you just didn't go, yeah, I thought about it. I think that's what most Christians do. Is they go, yeah, I heard what you said, but I didn't say anything. That's one of the reasons why I wake up and I go, I am health. I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. I'm using the word to build my firm foundation that every single time, every single place, every single thing, the firm foundation becomes what I fall back on. The first time somebody comes along and they go, well, you can't do that. Well, guess what? I go back to, that's what the word says. You know, I was messing with Caleb because 
back in 2018 or 2017 or what it was, there was this linebacker for Alabama, and, and they they played Mississippi or uh, I'm sorry, Michigan State in the national championship. And he's and one of the reporters comes up and says, "Who beats a team in the playoffs 31 to nothing?" And he goes, "Alabama does." You know what? I I go around and go, Dusty does. I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. There is health in my body. There is peace of mind and peace in my heart. I know that when things come against me, that God provides a door for me. I see the righteousness of God that is in me being played out in my family. That they are able to come back to the righteousness that they have in themselves through Christ Jesus to be a part of the Father so that they have peace. I confess for my family. But close your eyes right now. I'm going to say a confession. I want you to say it with me. I am health. By Christ Jesus' stripes, I was healed. I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. My God supplies all of my needs according to His riches and glory. Keep your eyes closed and your head bowed. I'm going to pray us out. I'm going to be up front here if anybody needs prayer for anything, but I just want people to walk away today and I want you to put on your breastplate of righteousness. I want you to gird your loins with truth so that you can produce seeds that are full of truth and not full of lies. And I want you to walk out into your world this week and I want you to change your environment. God, just all he's asking for you to do is to just believe him, receive him. Believe and receive. And guess what? If you do that, then you will walk in it every single day. God's not going to ask you to go to Africa unless you want to go to Africa. But you know what? When you go to the grocery store and somebody takes your parking spot, you better know that you have the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus on the inside of you. You better know that things that God's not trying to hold you down. You better know that God's trying to lift you up. You better know that you've got opportunities and God's going to bring them to pass. This is what God wants for you is that He wants you to live and walk just in everyday life in your armor. So Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I just pray over each and every person that is at the sound of my voice. I thank you, Father, that this week you are just allowing them to see their righteousness being manifested on on themselves, Father that they just go, you know what? I'm in right standing with God. In fact, I want everybody to say, I'm in right standing with God. And Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that they come to a place to where they're able to walk. If 
they go to the grocery store, if they go talk to a family member, or if they go to their job, that they're walking around and the first time that somebody needs something or, or they run into an issue or whatever, that they lean not onto their own understanding, but they lean onto the Word of God, which is able to save their soul, their mind, their will, and their emotions. That their heart is so filled that there is so much of a foundation that their mind, will, and emotions that it just goes. Nope. It's not what the Word said. It's not what the Word said. Father, I just pray for a great week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, I'm going to pray over the food. I just forgot. We're eating today. Bow your head one more time. Father, we just thank you, dear Lord, for this time of food and fellowship. I thank you, dear Lord, that you're allowing people to grow together and to have a good time in you. And I thank you, dear Lord, for this food that we're about to receive. May it nourish our bodies. May you sanctify it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you.